The Breakdown Politics With Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies Telling you what you need to know regarding politics Breaking it down Politics And welcome to another episode of, what did you just say? I said welcome to another episode of Politics. With who? With Mercer Prescott. Who? I said Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. What's a crony? I don't know either, but it sounded good. Look, do your thing. <laughs> What's going on, Brother Blue? I just want to get it. Uh, same old thing, man. I just want to give a shout out to Brother Blue, the Odie, and and, and pretty much everybody else in Durham, uh, who hopefully no one got hurt in that. There was a gas explosion out in Durham this morning, and uh, I didn't I didn't hear it from where I am. I mean, I'm in I'm in Cary, but it was just all over you know all over my Facebook feed, and I saw some of the pictures, and I'm just like, damn, you know, it was a. a gas explosion so of course you know everybody checked in let us know they were okay so you know that's a good thing so i don't know uh i didn't hear the updated stories on it so hopefully nobody was hurt yeah but it was indeed a, a gas explosion from what that's i read like um from what I, the last i heard and this was hours ago one death one death no well, I was hoping but one is too much one is too much yeah especially for something like a like a you know where it just comes out of nowhere you know yeah, when somebody, they um, underbid so they get the contract and don't do half the stuff they're supposed to do. But anyway, that's America. That's Trump America. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it's, been that, and it's been that way for a long time, but with, under Trump, it's just been accelerated, you know. Because that's, that's not something that you play with, you know. Because you're playing, I mean, like in this case, you're playing with people's lives and livelihoods. Because, I mean, how many homes and businesses were, were damaged in that? You know, people's cars and everything, so... But real quick before we get into the to the stories of the day, I just want people to know, you know, when I'm on Twitter, I at everyone. You know what I mean? I don't just sit there and just talk about people and then and be like, well, you know, if I lay low now, I'm going to at you because I want you to know I'm talking shit about you and I want you to come at me. No one ever does, though. <laughs> and the reason why I said that is because I, I saw a clip this morning. I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but about uh, of Candace Owens. They had a, a congressional hearing about uh, white nationalism, white supremacy, and the rise of, you know, the, the killings and the, the attacks and stuff like that connected to white nationalists. And they got Candace Owens to speak on the issue and basically try to say that it's that it's not that there's no issue of white nationalism and that's basically just a, a democratic uh, ploy to win the presidency now I here, here's what I and you know they, they try to they try to get Candace on because they feel like she's some sort of voice of black America I don't know who the fuck thinks that I know I don't so I added her and I just said um Remember one thing, Candace Owens doesn't care about black people, because to her, black people are merely commission. The more black people she gets to join the Republican Party, the more money she makes. Now, I will say one thing. Uh, representative from Hawaii, Ted Lieu, pretty much tortured her because he played a clip of Candace Owens in Europe, pretty much defending Hitler. <laughs> I think it was from a couple of months ago. She was at some symposium in uh, in Europe, and she literally defended Hitler, saying that it wasn't because Hitler, you know, was a, a nationalist. In, in other words, she was trying to defend nationalism and inadvertently defended Hitler, you know, saying that they didn't come after him until he became a globalist because he wanted everyone speaking German. And now it's just like, and she's just so ill-informed. But... They put her front and center because she says the stuff that they tell her to say, and then they give her a check for it. So Candace Owens does not impress me at all. And the fact that she that they chose her to go to Congress 
because she's supposed to be some sort of voice of black America. Yeah, like, we're talking about the step and fetch of America. We're not talking about, like, actual black folks. Candace Owens doesn't speak for us, so. That's that. But I, a, a few of my stories today are kind of weird, and I, I just want you to bear with me on this. I know that we're not supposed to laugh at other people's misfortunes. And I know we're definitely not supposed to laugh at other people's misfortunes when they die. You know? But when there's a little bit of karma involved, I guess it's it's not okay. But at the same time, I understand. So there's a story that came out of Huffington Post last week. A suspected poacher was killed by an elephant and his remains were eaten by a pride of lions in South in the South African National Park. The man's family sought the help of authorities last week after the man's accomplices informed them of his death. The man whose identity has not been released by authorities had allegedly been poaching rhinos in Kruger National Park, one of Africa's largest game reserves, when he was killed by an elephant. Yes, elephants do kill people. Um, his accomplices said the man's family beseeched authorities to help recover his body, which had been left in the park. South Africa National Park said rangers, both on foot and in helicopters, scoured the park and managed to locate the man's remains. Indications found that, uh, in, I'm sorry, indications found at the scene suggested that a pride of lions had devoured the remains, leaving only a human skull and a pair of pants. Now, I will say that was probably going to be, that would probably be like the, the world's greatest jeans commercial. Like a guy gets eaten by lions and all that's left is his jeans. Like for like tough skins or for Levi's or something like that. And the reason why I can't really feel for this guy, I feel bad for his family. Because now his wife's a widow and his kids are orphans. Well, they're not orphans, they got a mom, but you know what I mean. But it's 2019. Why are we still hunting rhinos? It doesn't even make any sense. You're hunting a rhino in 2019. Why? Because they go after the horns because the horns are ground up and used for medicine. Dude, this isn't China in 1829. They make all types of medicine. You don't need to kill an entire rhino and leave it to rot and then just take its horn. There's not that many rhinos left. Okay, I'm pretty sure some pharmaceutical company can just make medicine that can match what a rhino horn can do. It's not that hard. It's really not. And uh, I feel bad for the man's family, but I don't feel bad for the guy. I'm not an animal person. I don't really like animals like that. You know, to, to steal a joke, I like animals the way I like my mailbox. Outside of my home. But I don't want to see any harm come to any animals. I'm not cruel. I don't want to see animals get hurt. I don't want to see them get killed. I mean, now if they're on my dinner plate, hey, top of the food chain. What can I say? But I mean, just to just kill an animal for no reason, I can't go for that. So... But just a fun little story. Well, not fun for the guy who was eaten by lions, but you know what I mean. Uh, moving on real quick. I was watching, uh, well, I don't watch Fox News. Clips end up on my feed, but I don't actually watch Fox News. No, I wouldn't do that to myself. But a couple, speaking of people like Candace Owens, a couple of personalities, Diamond and Silk who are Trump shills, and they go around, once again, saying that they represent the black community, and they don't. But, you know, they're black. So basically, you know, and here's the thing I don't like. If you have 10,000 black people with a shared experience, right, and you have Diamond and Silk, and Diamond and Silk agrees with the right-wingers, the right-wingers are going to dismiss those 10,000 black people with a shared experience and be like, hey, why can't you be more like Diamond and Silk? It's absolutely ridiculous. And, and it's basically because, like I said before, right-wingers pay for mediocrity. They pay good money for mediocrity. Because on the left, they don't pay for mediocrity. Well, they do, but, you know, they're basically just regulated to MSNBC. But they don't pay mediocre pundits to go on air and just spout nonsense. They're not going to pay YouTubers to just cite ridiculousness. But Fox News, 
you can get on there all day and get paid. So Fox News needed people to talk about global warming, about climate change. So did they get a climate scientist to talk about global warming? No, because a climate scientist would not agree with them. So who did they get? They got diamond and silk. Yeah, they're like, hey, I got an idea. Uh, Stephen Fetch is dead. So what black stereotype can we get to nod their heads and just agree with us? I know. Let's get diamond and silk. Let's get the JJ fat of the internet to just spout nonsense for us. These bitches ain't got a degree between them and climate science. Why are we going to listen to them? So here's them on Fox News, okay? And um, I'm not going to read their names because they're pretty much the same person with like a different weave. So one says, listen, you have to realize that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's reckless, she's clueless, and she has a vacuous mindset. She says, first of all, civil rights have nothing to do with climate change. I don't know where they made that connection. Uh, and then second of all, her Green New Deal is a Green New Scam that we must stay away from. So now I know that she's worried about climate change, but she needs to talk to Mother Nature. Because with the Earth rotating at 1,000 miles per hour, okay, 365 days of the year, we subject to feel climate changing a little bit. But not to the tune where we have to dismantle everything and start the Earth back over again. It's absolutely no for us. Now... The only thing in that statement that they said is true, of course I had to look it up. Yes, the Earth does rotate at a thousand miles an hour. So the further north you go, you won't feel it as much, but the Earth really does rotate at a thousand miles an hour. Other than that, everything they said is bullshit. So if you have 95% of climate scientists saying that climate change is man-made, and we have 12 years left before the damage that we do is irreversible, Who's going to listen to Diamond and Silk? Who's going to take them seriously? Okay, let me ask you this. Um, it's not that who will take them seriously. It's the fact that some people do. I think that's the problem. I mean, if, if no one took them seriously, we wouldn't, I wouldn't even be worried about this. I would have just been like, I would just swiped on it. Like, okay, this is not important. But I think the reason why I brought it up is that people do... Uh, believe stuff like that. They'll believe Glenn Beck on climate change. Glenn Beck is not a climate scientist. But an actual climate scientist will say, yes, the earth is warming, and if we don't stop it soon, uh, there's going to be 100-year storms every year, and they'll be like, fucking egghead. But they'll listen to Diamond and Silk, which is absolutely ridiculous in my eyes. But... This is America. I mean, we made a game show host a president. So what exactly could I possibly expect? You can expect this to be America. This motherfucker. It's just, we, we notice it more because media is more prevalent. But this shit, this bullshit Panaki been going on before the age of time. This is just basically, I'm going to say this is, I'm going to say this is modern day Black Crow. Jim Crow. This yeah. You live in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they hurt us in different ways than they've done before. But we can't, we can only be hurt by what we allow to hurt us. Which means what? Vote these motherfuckers out. And they can have all the money in their world and say whatever they want to say. But if you galvanize the movement, things get done. We gotta, but you sit by and say, oh, my vote don't matter. But that's the type of, that's the type of bullshit that got us I ain't even gonna speak on him because you know what? I like him a lot better than I like Trump. Um, <laughs> the previous president, you know what I'm saying, sitting back and relaxing. This last presidency cost us that as well. I mean, they say we're only 13% of the population. I assure you. I assure you the numbers are closer to 35, 36% minimum. I don't know about 35, 36. I'd say closer to 20. Bro, I done the math, bro. There's no way in the world. I've done different types of research using different types of ways to catalog who's who. Trust me, we're looking at 36% minimum. Well, hey, I'll put it. I'll put it like this. I really hope you're right. 
<laughs> I really do. And, and learn information about whether or not you can vote after getting charged with a felony or not. Many states allow you to, but the, the cultural norm or what we call urban myths indicate we cannot. And it, all, it, all, it, 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 does, it does depend on your state. I think I mentioned a couple of shows ago about uh, Terry McAuliffe, who was governor of Virginia. When he, uh, he signed a bill that restored voting rights for felons that completed their, um, their probation, um, of course, you know, he still had a Republican uh, Congress, so they didn't really promote it. So there was a woman who was, taking, who was literally taken to the streets and um, putting out the word. And she talked about a guy that she talked to, and she, she asked him, have you registered to vote? And he was like, I can't vote, sweetheart, I'm a felon. And she was like, no, 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 Governor Terry signed that bill. You can vote again. And she helped him fill out his voting forms, and he ended up voting. You know? So we talk about galvanizing the movement. That is 100% the truth. You know, people got to get out there and get mobilized. You know? Put it like this. How do you think, how do you think AOC got elected? Because she beat the streets, pretty much. She wore out shoes, go knocking on doors, talking to people. While Joe Crowley just sat back and figured, well, I'm just going to get all this money from these donations and just run some ads and then it'll just be the same as it ever was. And that's how he lost. Mm-hmm. You know, he lost because he rested on his laurels. And AOC, uh, I'm not going to say that she wanted it more. I'm going to say that she worked harder for it. So, yeah. One quick thing before we get into the meat and potatoes of the day, uh, and uh, I'll give a quick shout out to uh, to Odie. Welcome. Hey guys. Uh, normally this wouldn't have made my radar, but it did kind of put a smile on my face because it's good to see somebody get away with something that you know normally they would be, they would go to jail for. Because you remember what happened in Charlottesville in 2017. You remember. Um, when they had the protest, Heather Hired lost her life when a, a white nationalist mo, uh, you know, plowed into a bunch of protesters, killing her. One day later, there was a, uh, some guy from uh, Unite the Right tried to hold a press conference, and uh, he pretty much got chased off. But there was a gentleman, a gentleman named uh, Jeffrey Winder who uh, actually punched him. Uh, Jason Kessler was the guy from Unite the Right and Jeffrey Winder was, um, he was caught on camera punching him. So I'm gonna read this, this is from uh, Rolling Stone magazine. Jeffrey Winder was found guilty of misdemeanor assault in February for punching white nationalist organizer Jason Kessler in August of 2017. On Tuesday, a jury ruled that his punishment will be a whopping $1 fine. Kessler attempted to hold a press conference in Charlottesville, Virginia, the day after Heather Heyer was killed by a white supremacist who drove his car into a group of people protesting the white nationalist rally organized by Kessler's Unite the Right group. Winder was among the protesters who showed up to stop Kessler from making a statement, punching him in the back of the head as others booed and shouted over him. Winder faced a maximum possible sentence of a year in jail and a $2,500 fine for the punch, which was caught on tape by the local NBC affiliate. He appealed his misdemeanor assault conviction, and while the jury upheld the guilty verdict, they determined that he should serve no jail time and should only be fined $1, sending a clear message that Winder was justified in lashing out at Kessler. Now, wait, 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 wait. I just want to be sure that I have the characters right. This is the person driving the car? No, 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 no. A person driving the car is in prison. No, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere for a few decades. This is the day after that happened, where Heather Hyatt was killed and all those protesters were injured. Um, Jason Kessler, who was the guy who organized the uh, the event in the first place, tried to hold a press conference, and people kind of they chased him away. But Jeffrey Winder was the one who actually threw a punch, who actually hit him. So they, they held up his guilty conviction, but they only fined him $1 and gave him no jail time. Now, I, I, I will say this, okay? I know I, I know I talk a good game, but I don't condone violence of any kind, even as people who I don't like, you know? 
I, <laughs> you have every right to defend yourself. Put it like this. If I saw uh, Stephen Miller in a restaurant, better be damn well sure he's going to get a piece of my mind. But I'm not going to physically assault him, even though I, I would really want to. <laughs> you know? But you, there's certain things you're not supposed to do. So... I don't condone Jeffrey Winder punching Jason Kessler, even though he deserved it, but I'm very glad that he didn't go to jail and he only had to pay a dollar. You know. Gotcha. So. I, I'll, I'll, I'll follow that under justice served. <laughs> so. Could have been worse. He could have, just, he could have been eaten by lions. <laughs> you missed that story, Odie. Um, I know you guys mentioned Obama before and I do want to talk about uh, President Obama President Obama is, will definitely be unless Bernie gets elected President Obama will be the best president of my lifetime did he make mistakes? yes, definitely you know, mm-hmm. every president makes mistakes but he's, he will be by far be, by a country mile the best president in my lifetime Sure. And one of the reasons why, one of the reasons, the many reasons why, is that he knows how to handle tragedy. You remember what happened in um, Newtown? All the parents, you know, who lost all their kids in that shooting. Yeah. You know, this is not something he's ever mentioned, but his aides mention it all the time. You know, he invited the parents to the White House and he spoke to each set of parents individually and consoled them for their loss. He's one of those guys who will try to, even though the right-wingers always look at it as him as being a divider, his only dividing feature for these right-wingers is the fact that he's black. It's not the words that he says or his actions. It's basically just the color of his skin. They just don't like the fact that he's a black guy. And they didn't like a black guy telling them what to do, you know. But now Obama's uh, retired from politics, even though he's still in the public eye. I think he has a foundation and he's, you know, doing his best to leave an imprint on the world, you know, kind of like in the vein of Jimmy Carter. But he came out the other day and he said something that I did not like. Okay? Don't worry, he's not going to get canceled. (laughs) He has eight years of credit with me. You know, he's not going to get canceled right away for saying one thing that, you know, I don't like. But it's basically just a, a staple of centrist Democrats. Okay? So this is from Axios. Former President Obama said Saturday that he's concerned about progressives who are unwilling to compromise because it risks weakening the overall effort and movement. So he says, one of the things I do worry about sometimes among progressives in the United States is a certain kind of rigidity where we say, I'm sorry, this is how it's going to be. And then we start sometimes creating what's called a circular firing squad where you start shooting at your allies because one of them is straying from purity on the issues. Okay. Now, he was, he was at a, a town hall. Uh, he said, this is at an Obama Foundation town hall event in Berlin, Germany. Okay. Now, I will say this. Okay. What he's saying I don't like, but I'm not going to come out and say that he's wrong. But I think there's something that Obama doesn't understand. Okay? The rigidity is not in the, you know, when people talk about a purity test, right? It's basically, I'm not going to say that there isn't a purity test because there is. And right now, for most progressives that I know, I'm not going to talk about all progressives, just the ones who I, I, I see on Twitter, the ones I know personally, the only real purity test right now is. Medicare for all, Green New Deal. If you're not supporting one or both of these, then we're not, we're not even considering you for a vote. Just the progressives, that is. I'm not care. I can't speak for the centrist and everybody else. Just the progressives that I know. If you're not supporting, and I'm not talking about like Beto or Rourke, where we're like, well, we'll get people affordable insurance. Shut the fuck up, Beto. No one gives a shit. We're talking about Medicare for all. If you're not supporting Medicare for all, that's it. Pack up your shit, get the fuck out. We don't care about you. Basically, just get something up from the table. Huge seat. Oh, say again? 
just get the fuck up from the table. Yeah, basically. Just beat it, you know. And, um... I know Obama did a good thing with Obamacare, but he basically let the lobbyists... Um... And, and, and I will say this. I rag on Obama for this, but it's really not Obama's fault. Not totally, anyway. That... Um... That Obamacare didn't come out with the uh, with the public option because I think that would have made a huge difference. Right? Mm-hmm. So basically, a public option would basically just be um, you would still be buying insurance, but it would be from you would be buying it from the government directly. So the government would act. It, so it wouldn't be like a single payer. It would just be the government providing its own insurance company, and then they would have prices that would pretty much just be lower well put it like this when Obama did Medicare expansion right um, he created the uh, 80-20 rule so I don't know if he created it but he enforced it so the 80-20 rule basically stated that if you are a private insurance company right you are not allowed to spend more than 20% of your profits your premiums on overhead. If you do, you gotta reimburse people. So so that first year there were people who were getting back checks for as high as like I mean if you had a family plan, you're getting back checks as high as twelve or thirteen hundred bucks because uh, you were being audited they were being audited and they found out, oh you overcharge these people, give them their money back. So you figure right now they're capped at twenty percent, which means they were spending more than twenty percent of your premium money on overhead overhead meaning CEO pay stuff like that Medicare uh, Medicaid their overhead 5% so you figure for every dollar you spend in private insurance so long as the rules stay in place 20 cents of that dollar goes to uh, overhead for Medicare and Medicaid every dollar you spend um, 95 cents of it goes into premiums five cents goes in the overhead that's how efficient they are so they can run a nationwide insurance thing with five percent overhead on the dollar I don't think that's a real term that I just said but you know what I mean and that's the government the same government that everybody feels is so inefficient they're actually very efficient the only, only time that, they, that they're not efficient is when they have to jump through a lot of hoops and get a lot of red tape. And that red tape is usually put by uh, Republicans and some uh, Democrats who want those institutions to fail so that their private people can come in and take over. Like I, I saw a story today about H&R Block, uh, TurboTax and all that other stuff that supposedly, and I didn't want to talk about it today as I mentioned on Saturday because you know we're getting close to tax time, but they're trying to stop the IRS from doing their own tax service. Like when I did my taxes, I did it for free through the IRS. But to do it for free through the IRS, I had to go through HR Block. So basically it used their software. So I guess the IRS was kind of reimbursing them for that, right? But the IRS has been trying to develop their own tax software. So if you're a guy like me, like let's just say I had a big family I had a, a house, I had a car, I own property, maybe a small business. I would probably want uh, an accountant to do my taxes because there's a lot going on. I'm single, I don't have kids. I don't own a car, I don't own property, I rent, my, I rent an apartment. So it literally takes me about 20 minutes every year to do my taxes. So I don't need to spend 60 bucks on TurboTax every year. Yeah, it, um, I think like my average prep time is something like Maybe an hour. I mean, there's some complicated things going on, like, for the yeah. past couple of years. But, yeah, um, probably an hour. And, honestly, yeah, I'm going to wait until this weekend to do, like, my last, last-minute shit. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm going to do. And when I say 20 minutes, I, I exaggerate. But I'm just saying that there's not a, there's not a whole lot of extra fluff in my, uh, in my taxes. So I don't need to spend 60 bucks on tax software to do taxes that'll take me less than an hour. You know? Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, the only reason why these people are standing in the way of Medicare and Medicaid is because someone's going to profit off of that, namely the, namely the private insurance companies, you know? So that's, so when Obama is saying that there's a purity test, I think what he's missing the point of is it's not about um, a purity test as far as you as a person. Like right now, they're trying to drag Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders is now a millionaire, right? Because he wrote a book and he you know, got a lot of royalties, so he earned a million bucks last year. And when I say a million bucks, I mean like barely a million. You know, his wife is also a professional, so she makes good money. What, is, what, is, what sort of field of expertise? Like, is she a professor or like, what does she do? I forget, and you know what? I should I should have taken that from the article because I was I was going to talk about that on its own uh, another day. But yeah, she is a professional though. I forget, I forget what she's a professor of, but she's um she's a professional, so she makes good money. You know, I'll I'll talk about that more another time. But I mean, they're trying to drag him because it's like, oh, well, you're a millionaire, and now you want to tax millionaires, and I'm just like, you sound stupid. You know, it's not like he, it's not like he's always been a millionaire. He just became a millionaire this year. And the reason why he's been holding off on, I mean, according to him, let, let's make this perfectly clear, because he's, you know, at first he was going to release five years of tax returns, and I think he's been waiting because he's going to release ten years of tax returns. So he's getting everything together, but he said he's going to release it. Donald Trump has vowed to fight to um to fight to fight his the release of his tax returns, and he's vowed to take that fight all the way to the Supreme Court. But everybody's worried about But everybody's worried about Bernie. Oh my God, Bernie's a millionaire. How could he? When I like one million dollars. <laughs> you know, and I mean, people are just so fucking. I don't even know how to describe it. But I think Obama, when he talks about the purity test, right, he kind of, I don't know if he's talking about people themselves or if he's talking about policy. If he's talking about policy, he should know better because he's been president for eight years. He's seen, he's seen all this stuff firsthand. And it's not like Obama grew up rich, you know? So he's probably had those struggles in his life with healthcare. Let me tell you something. I found out this morning, my sister is going to really really bad like a really bad health crisis right now mm. you know? and I'm not going to talk about her health crisis because my sister's a very private person you know she doesn't even have a Facebook account she don't do social media she, she's old school like, like my parents are she don't do social media she don't do none of that shit you know my sister's a single mom but thankfully most of her kids are grown so she still has my nephew who's I think he's a junior in high school and I think she does take care of my little niece you know, who's uh, six now, I think. But other than that, I mean, she's a single mom. And basically, when I found out she was going through her major health issues, my first thought should have immediately been, you know, sister, my prayers for a speedy recovery. That should have been the first thought in my head. The first thought in my head was, Jesus Christ, how much is all this going to set her back? The tests, the medicine, all that other stuff. How much is that going to set her back? When, when, when her insurance fails her, which is almost certainly going to fail her, because that's what insurance does. It fails you when you need it the most. So that's the first thought in my head is how much of, how much of a cutback is she going to take when those doctor bills roll in? We should not be thinking that in the most powerful country in the world. So if Obama's the purity test is about um, the people themselves... I may have to agree with them with on, on that. If he's talking about policy, I do not agree with him. Because we do need purity in our policies. The hot button topic right now is Medicare for all. I mentioned last show and the show before how um, Mitch McConnell dragged Donald Trump from mentioning health care because they don't have a plan. So now, like, how are you going to put the focus on health care when you have no intention of, you have no intention of doing health care for anybody? 
you know. Bernie Sanders just put out a revamped version of his Medicare for All plan. Donald Trump says, oh, okay, I'm going to do something better, but once you reelect me, I'll tell you what it is. Look, I know you've been eating shrimp fried rice for the past, oh my God, four years. But if you reelect me, I'll give you shrimp with fried rice <laughs> in the next four years. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Better yet, I'll give you this beak without protection to give you an STI. <laughs> I, 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 I will say this about the centrist, though, okay? The Democratic establishment uses fear and division just like Republicans do. It's not really that different. Republicans will make you afraid of the others people who don't look like you, people who don't talk like you, people who don't have the same culture you do, you know? That's what they make so you afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> Just like an uh, don't, 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 don't say the plot because I'm, I'm off uh, next week for my birthday. I'm, I'm going to do a double feature. I'm going to go see us and I'm going to go see uh, Pet Cemetery. Oh, Pet Cemetery. That one looks good, actually. I keep forgetting that that one already came out. Uh, it came out uh, came out last week, but it came out the same week as Shazam. So I don't know how well it did compared to compared to that though. But but um the Democrats they will basically make you you know they'll make you afraid of people like Trump and say oh if you don't vote for us we don't do you don't vote for Trump you want another Trump for four years you want you want another Mike Pence for four years. But the Democrats don't really realize that it's tepid, lukewarm, milk toast thinking that lost us over a thousand seats across the country during Obama's run. It's going to be people like Ro Khanna, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, AOC, who's going to slowly but surely get those seats back, not Baron Von Milktoast, you know, or whatever, you know, or Beta O'Rourke or whatever, you know, soggy bastard they're going to put out there to. You know, make people uh, appeased. You know, they're like, oh, look, he's wearing denim. He's just like us. Fuck you, Beto. <laughs> for, no, for no reason. I just curse out Beto O'Rourke for no reason. Let me tell you something about Democrats sometimes, right? They'll notice little shit that doesn't matter, and the big stuff will go right over their head. Okay? Captain Marvel, right? Did you guys see Captain Marvel? With, with, with Brie Larson? No, I didn't see it. I actually don't plan on seeing it. Yeah. Put it like this. You don't have to watch it in order to watch Endgame. Uh, it's not necessary. Okay. Only thing you need to know is that she's going to be in Endgame, you know, according to trailers. But you don't have to watch it in order to get Endgame. It's not that important. It's still a good movie. I mean, if you want to go see it, if you can catch it on the Dollar Theater, go catch it. I saw it. No, 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 no. Endgame comes out in a couple weeks. Uh, you know we get advanced tickets. Try again. Oh, okay. If you get advanced tickets for for Endgame, uh, yeah, I'm in. I'll, I'll, I'll make time. <laughs> I'll, I'll Uber it. <laughs> But I saw an article this morning. No, last night. I keep forgetting. I wake up so early. I don't know what day it is. But um, people were mad because Captain Marvel, I'll just say Brie Larson. When she was in Captain Marvel, she didn't really wear a lot of makeup, right? And then when she was in the trailer for uh, Avengers Endgame, they noticed that she was wearing makeup. So they were saying, well, Captain Marvel was directed by a man and a woman, and then Brie Larson is not wearing a lot of makeup. And then she's in Endgame, which is directed by the Russo brothers, and now she's wearing makeup. Oh, this is some sort of sexist conspiracy. And basically, um, I don't know if it was Joe Russo or his, or his brother addressed it, and he was saying, basically, when we dictate what the characters look like, they have a say in it. Okay, so he may tell uh, Chris Evans, who plays Captain America, he may say, hey, listen, we need you to grow a beard, right, to show the passage of time. 
and he gets to decide how long the beard is. Okay? Or he may tell Scarlett Johansson, we need Scarlett, uh, Black Widow, I mean, to change her hair. And she'll decide what that haircut will be. Because he says that these people have to feel comfortable playing these characters. Right? Mm, wow. So basically, the decision to have her wear makeup was her own. But I'm like, you're going to notice something like, because I never noticed that she was wearing makeup. Mainly because I don't give a shit, but mainly because it doesn't matter. Right? So you have all these people who noticed that Brie Larson's wearing makeup in a, in a trailer, no less. Not even in a movie, in a trailer. But you're not going to notice that Nancy Pelosi has a strap on on and she's poking you in the butt with no Vaseline. You're not going to notice that. You're not going to notice that Nancy Pelosi is going to come out and I know it is, I know it's a weird thing to string together, but I'm just saying that people are noticing these little tiny things that don't matter, and then the big things that do matter are just either just sailing right over their heads. You know, they, my centrist friends adore Nancy Pelosi. They worship the ground she walks on. They love her. They're like, they're like she's a, a master litigator. And look how she handles Trump. First of all, it's Trump. Okay? I know I'm going to lose points for saying this. Trump's a fucking retard. Okay? That's like saying, oh, you dumped on that. Nah, that's, kid. that's an insult to people that are mentally challenged. Get out of here. <laughs> I, I apologize. But that's like saying, oh, you dumped on that kid who has cerebral palsy. You're... you're you're the best. I'm like, Trump is a moron. I would, be, I would be shocked if she didn't get the better of him. You know, they're like, she's a master litigator. Okay. Uh, what bill did she put forth? Oh, uh, 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 Obamacare. Yeah. You're going to take credit for bringing forth Obamacare when you had a supermajority in the Senate. Now, I will say one thing. Going back to what I was saying about how it wasn't totally Obama's fault, you had the Blue Dog Democrats, okay? And they were the only ones who could have sunk the whole thing. So it's one of the reasons why he had to remove the public option in order to appease the Blue Dog Democrats so they could pass Obamacare and pass the protections, okay? So that's why I say it wasn't totally Obama's fault because Obama was sticking to his guns and he was saying, I'm not passing this thing without the public option and the Blue Dog Democrats started acting up. One cartoonist got harsh on him, and he said, when a child dies from lack of health care, the last thing they see is a blue dog. A yeah. blue dog? Hello. Uh... Yeah. So, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's his fault, but it's not really his fault. Because, I mean, if he didn't have the Blue Dog's vote, it wouldn't have passed. So, because don't forget, um, Obamacare passed without a single Republican vote. Not one Republican voted for Obamacare. So, matter of fact, um, one of Nancy Pelosi's stooges, somebody who works for her, had a meeting with the uh, private healthcare companies, and they were pretty much telling them, "Look, sit tight, don't worry. You know, this Medicare for all thing is not going to pass." You know, so you guys are safe. <laughs> Bernie Sanders was on, oh, God, what channel was he on? He's on a lot of channels these days. But somebody tweeted at Bernie Sanders a clip of him saying that we need to get rid of private insurance. And Bernie retweeted it and put a reply. And he said, you're damn right we do. Because private insurance is bullshit. Because private insurance is really not necessary. Because if it wasn't for private insurance, we'd be dealing directly with the hospital and the prices wouldn't be as high as they are. Because it's private insurance that drives up the prices of all this stuff. Do you really think a saline bag costs 50 bucks? No, it's because of private insurance that they cost that much. Because they gotta get their cut. So we don't need private insurance, but I think people just don't know any other way. So they get scared. They're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do without private insurance? Oh, uh, how about get the medicine you need? Look, I take uh, medicine for my diabetes, 
So my doctor gets my blood, and then they do blood work, and she gets the results, and she studies the results, and she tells me, Mercer, I'm going to write you a prescription for this medicine. Okay? Mm -hmm. You're going to take this medicine twice a day. And then my insurance company says, well, we looked at our stuff, and we figured that you don't need this medicine. Yeah, but guess what? You're not a fucking doctor. You're an underwriter. I okay? remember that meme that you posted. Right. Which was very well done. And it basically like walked through that exact process where it was like to the clubhouse and you see these like fat cats discussing, playing pool, smoking cigars, mm-hmm. the, you know, the future, potential future of, um, of a patient. Um, where they try to set, like basically find the loopholes to deny claims, right. so that um, they don't have to pay. Right. And I was like, damn, this is so sad, but I know that this happens. Yeah. You know when they when they do these shows like CSI, it's exaggerated um, stories of real life. You know they have to make it TV worthy. But there was a, a CSI where a woman drove her car through a restaurant, like a deli. And she killed a bunch of people, and what made them suspicious is that most of the people that died were insurance folks who worked at the insurance company next door, right? Mm-hmm. She found out that the old woman really meant to crash through the insurance office because she went there at lunchtime when she knew they'd all be in the lobby. So they were trying to find out why she did and the only reason why she crashed into the deli is because she didn't know how to program her, her GPS correctly. And it went to the wrong place. Right? They found out that the reason why she did it is because she had a rare stomach condition. Right? So she put in for treatment, and the insurance company kept stalling her out and stalling her out and stalling her out because her her treatments, it was what she had was treatable, but it would have been very expensive. And that meant that some of these executives wouldn't get their bonus if they took care of her treatment. So they kept rejecting her application and making her fill it out over and over and over again until her condition became inoperable and she was going to die. So she was like, if I'm going to die, you insurance jackasses are coming with me. So she did take some of them with her inadvertently because they all just happened to be in the deli next door. Now, this is a television show, of course, but there are people who this happens to all the time. If you have a rare disease that's expensive to treat, your insurance company before Obamacare could just drop you or just make you pay through the nose. And when I say Obamacare, I'm talking about the protections for pre-existing conditions. You know, some people have lifetime caps, which basically means that once you've spent a certain amount, then they just won't cover you anymore. So, it's so when you have people like Nancy Pelosi and her people protecting private insurance, how are these censors not noticing that? Maybe they have great insurance. Maybe they like their insurance. I don't. My insurance sucks dog dick. Every time I go in for medicine, they have to give me a song and dance about why I can't use this medicine. I have to use that medicine. I'm like, you're not my fucking doctor. My doctor says I need this. So give me this. I don't need that. But I guess they're not getting their cut. You know. And it's not even like the medicine that they want to put me on is cheaper. You understand? It's not like they're saying, oh, you're going to use this. This is expensive. Here, use the generic. No, it's used the other way around. So, put it like this. Let me ask you a question, Odie. If you, let's say you listen to the radio, like back in the days, like when I don't know if you knew KISS FM or WBLS. That's a New York thing. But let's just say KISS FM was in, uh, in your area. And KISS FM called you up. And they said, Odafle, um, who are your three favorite artists? So who, who, who are your three favorite artists? Oh, the, it would be Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce. 
Mine would probably be Felipe, Felipe, Felipe. <laughs> if I had to exclude myself, I would say, <clears throat> man, that's hard. I mean, I really, somebody I listen to on a daily basis in my car. Mm-hmm. Nah, nah, it's not appropriate. I won't go there. Hold on, that's a <laughs> uh, I really like I like old Maxwell, not so much new Maxwell. So he's one of my favorites. Right. Okay. I like um one of my favorite groups that kind of molded my um, personality in some way was um Gangsta Nip. He's from um, Houston, Texas. Um, Houston, Texas. I remember Gangsta rap, rap a lot. Um, Posse. Yeah. He's my favorite. He's definitely in my top ten. It's hard to really focus on a favorite right now. Because honestly, music just doesn't do for me what it used to do for me. Um, right. Me neither, but that's why I listen to old stuff. So like, yeah, yeah. it just depends stuff, on my like mood. Stuff, if you ask me yeah, today, ninety-five to two thousand two is about where I'm stuck at. Like right, right there for some reason. And y'all in like old two to old six. I'm in that range right now. So yep. Okay. Yeah. So let, let's just say for me, they called me up and they said, "Verse, what do you want to listen to?" And I'd be like, "You know what?" I'm gonna mix it up. I'm gonna say corn. I'm gonna say run the jewels, and I'm gonna say uh, tool. So I'm just gonna throw for you about the okay, first. Okay, okay. Yours is eclectic. Yeah, mine can't be that eclectic. If I had to go outside the box, I'd probably have to say little Nas X. But I'm a little. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I, I'm laughing because I know who that is. <laughs> I, I'm joking, but I, yeah, I don't even like country. But I'm like, but I, I, that, I mean, that one kind of not. That one not. Listen to fight, to fight billboards. Those people that just listen to support them. That was it. Yeah. But but put it like this: if they called you and they said, "Hey, who are your artists?" and you gave them your artists, and then every time you turn on the radio, they're playing your favorite artist, you would support that station, right? Correct. Yeah, and that's what radio stations were doing in the '80s. So they were, and, and I talked about this, how MTV at one point, because MTV is not known for taking chances. Hell, they, to get them to play Michael Jackson's Billie Jean, we're talking about Michael Jackson here, two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Michael Jackson, to get, him, to get them to play Billie Jean, CBS Records, who was a label before they became Sony, uh, they threatened to boycott and pull all their artists if they didn't play uh, Billie Jean. But at one point, MTV would, became the innovators because radio stations were basically doing that. They would, just, they would call these 14-year-old girls and say, hey, little girl, what do you want to listen to on the radio? And they're like, I want to listen to Journey and Air Supply and Christopher Cross, and that's all they played. They called people and said, what do you want to hear? And that's what they played. But you know what? They made money hand over fist. They made sacrilegious amounts of money. Why? Very simple formula. Give the people what they want. They, this is what they want. This is what you give them. They will support you. Here's the thing that pisses me off. This or that? Oh, don't get me started. I almost started singing the song. Because <laughs> you know if I sing the song, I got to sing the whole verse. Um, this, is what, this is what I don't like about... When people say Democrats and Republicans are the same, that is absolutely not true. There's that's a false equivalence if I ever saw one. But that's right because the Democrats is what got us in that thing what we call America. Democrats are actually the catalyst of this thing we call America. Democrats made the uh, welfare system which crippled black families in America, which said the black man cannot live in a home if you are to get benefits from us. Yes, the Democrats are deplorable. The Democrats indicate they'd rather see you get benefits versus you you work for what you're supposed to earn for. You dig what I'm saying? So, yes, remember, it was the Republicans that freed us from slavery, not the Democrats. Well... I'm not even gonna mess with you because I, I know you know about the whole switch and stuff like that in the '60s and stuff like that. But put it like this: Democrats and Republicans, definitely not the same. Democratic establishment, talk about their leadership, and Republicans. Yeah, there's a little bit of a similarity there because both of them don't like change and they don't like change because so long as things stay the same, they continue to get paid. That's the thing that people are missing, talking about the centrists. When you look at people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, they're getting paid to keep things exactly as it is because 
That's how the healthcare industry makes their money, by things staying the same. Innovation does not help them. You know? So, put it like this, right? Right now, Medicare for All polls at 70%. When I say it polls at 70%, I don't mean um, just among Democrats or just among progressives. Among the country. So that's a mix of everybody, Republicans and Democrats, a mix of everybody. Medicare for All polls at 70%. So if Medicare for All is polling at 70%, why aren't we pushing for Medicare for All? It's simple, because people continue to profit off of it. I'm not going to get into the whole thing about insurance, even though I've I've been talking about it for the last 15 minutes. But if you ask your friends if they like their insurance companies, they'll, they may, I mean, you may get a few that may say, yeah, I like my insurance company. And I will guarantee you all the ones who say that they like their insurance company have never had to use their insurance. Because they had to use their insurance. If they ever had to talk to these people, that would be a different matter altogether. So if they're healthy and only time they go to a doctor is when they need a checkup, you know, for twice a year for a checkup or something like that. They'll probably say, I like my insurance. But if they have a health issue, ask them then if they like their insurance companies. And then you may get a different answer than that. Okay. So why aren't the people getting what they want? Because that means cutting out the private health insurance company. Now, here's the thing. I would love to see the health, the private health insurance companies burn. I would love to see them burn. Like, I mean, like catch on fire and burn for what they've done to people over the years. But I will say this, in all these other countries that have some form of uh, Medicare for all or um, universal health care, private insurance is still there. But private insurance is basically just supplemental or it's heavily regulated. But they don't run things. The government runs things. And they're allowed to operate so long as they follow the rules. So if you're rich and you want, let's say we have, uh, you know, Medicare for all. And you're rich and you want Blue Cross Blue Shield, right? I have no problems with that. You know. Or if you're rich and you want Aetna or some shit like that, that's fine. So long as everyone's being taken care of. Because you can't really survive in this country without private health care. I mean, sorry, without, without some sort of health care. And private health care's whole thing is to make sure that you don't use the product that they give you. Like I said, like I said last week, I play World of Warcraft. If I play World of Warcraft um, 12 hours a week, they're fine. If I play one hour a week, they're fine so long as I pay. But they're not going to say, oh, he's been playing for 10 hours. Let's throttle him. Get him off of there. Oh, God, he's having fun. we got to make sure he doesn't have fun. That's not their job. Their job is just to supply a service, and whether I use it or not is up to me. Now, if I use healthcare more than other people and my rates have to go up because of it, I don't mind so much. But when your rates go up astronomically because you use it more, yeah, that's not a thing. Like, well, I'm not using my Netflix any more than usual, and I'm getting charged an extra $2 starting in May. What the fuck? Like that? Um, no, wait. Netflix is going up? Two freaking dollars for streaming, dude. Oh, Jesus. Well, I, I will say this. It ain't my fault they want to spend $15 billion on their own pet projects. Nigga, if you did so many projects, you can reuse some of those items. You don't have to have a new item every time you make a movie. Fuck. I, I, I look at it like this with, with somebody like Netflix, you know, and, and the way it's going. Everybody has their own channel, you know. And what keeps people coming to your channel is original content. Yeah. 
So yeah, it costs. I feel so like they kept me coming back is you making a deal with Disney and keeping their ass there and bring stars back. Do you realize when I left Netflix before, the only reason I came back because they got stars, and when stars left, I was thinking about leaving their bitch ass. Yeah, because stars has their own channel now, right? Wait, is the stars where um American Gods is? Right, that's my shit, bro. That's my shit. I love that show. And nobody has stars, so what do I have to do? I had to go out and fucking torrent. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be bootlegging a lot of Disney stuff because I'm not. I'm not doing another channel. That's out of the question. That's absolutely out of the question. There's no. I'm way. paying for too much as it is now. Hulu, Spotify, YouTube Premium, Netflix streaming, and DVD. Um, what else I got on this bitch? Fucking regular um, spectrum. Um, Direct TV now. What the fuck, nigga? That's like $180 right there. Yeah. It's almost like having cable again. Exactly. The whole reason I got away from cable was to not have to pay so much. I was comfortable at one time with just Netflix. But stuff that I like is slowly getting away from Netflix, so I have to get yes. other shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, right now I do have Spotify Premium. Um, I have uh, Netflix, uh, Hulu, and uh, well, I have Amazon because I have Amazon Prime. That's the only reason why. I have. Oh yeah, I got that too. Yeah, I got that too. I forgot about that one. And I think I'm gonna get rid of YouTube Premium because I just don't understand. I don't understand why I would have to pay ten dollars just to skip a commercial. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll just watch the damn commercials and be done with it. Yeah. But I mean, but here, here's the thing, okay? More, more to a point. If I have too many streaming channels, I could just get rid of some of these streaming channels and be done with it, right? If you have healthcare, you can't just say, oh, okay, well, I'll just go on Medicare. I don't qualify for Medicare. I mean, Medicare, you have to be what? 65 or older to be on Medicare. Be on Medicaid, you have to make under a certain amount, unless you're in a state that has Medicaid expansion. And a lot of the southern states opted out because they hated Obama. I think Arizona has it because their their governor, who was a Jan Brewer, just realized, hey, you know, people need this. I hate Obama, but people need this, so I'm going to go for it. I'll give her props for that. She swallowed down her bile long enough to realize, hey, I represent people people need this health care. Texas has the most, un- I mean, Texas is what, the third biggest state in the union? Third, of- No, second biggest state in the union as far as population, which means that they now have the most uninsured people in the country. And that number would have gone down dramatically if their governor had taken the um, Medicaid expansion that Obama was offering. The Medicaid expansion was basically if I, um, let's just say, Blue, you, you have a Let's say for your house, right? We do a program. So for the first, and don't quote me on this part, for the first two years, right? I'll pay 100% of your mortgage for the first two years. And then every year after that, I pay 90% of your mortgage. So you only only gotta pay 10% of your mortgage. That's basically what was happening with Medicare expansion. The first couple years, the government was gonna pay for the Medicare expansion in full to give people time to get their budgets together. And after that, the government would pay 90% of the Medicare expansion. And people were like, well, we don't trust the government. So, I don't know what to say about that. But, going back to Obama's purity test, yeah, there is a purity test. And the purity test is Medicare for all. And if you're not talking Medicare for all, if you're like Beta O'Rourke and you're talking about well, we're just going to, you know, make sure everybody can afford health care. I got two words for you. Fuck you. That's not going to happen. You're not getting my vote, Joe Denham. It's not going to happen. It's Medicare for all or fuck off. At this well, fuck off because I don't want Medicare for all either. Why not? Bro, I can't build Medicare. <laughs> Only licensed clinical social workers can build Medicare currently under therapy. Therefore, no, fuck Medicare for all. So, you know what I'm saying? Fuck that shit. Fuck it. You want insurance? You pay for it at your pocket, you fuck. <laughs> well, put it like this, okay? 
my homework for the next show, for next week, not for Saturday, but for next week, is going to be to take a peek at Bernie Sanders' new, uh, new version of his Medicare for All. Because one of the things he talked about on one of the shows was that he wanted to, uh, like, for instance, uh, Medicare doesn't cover dental and vision. But his plan would cover dental and vision. So my homework is to see, to take a peek at Bernie Sanders' new healthcare proposal, like his revamped version of Medicare for All, and see if it covers uh, mental health professionals. So, but that's all I had for today. Blue, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts, Ooh, it is hot as shit in Durham today. Yeah, I had to turn the air conditioning on. Unfor- I, I, I like that's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> when, um, well, at least when I spend the first half of my day processing, I can keep my my windows open. But I live right across the street from a daycare center, so I, I'm working the phone. So I, you know, there's kids out there like, let's play the screaming game. How do you play? You're playing it now. Hey, you're good at this. You know, they're kids. They're like, you know, four, five, and six-year-olds. And they just can't play without screaming at the top of their lungs. You know? And I don't care at all. But I don't want my people on the phone to think I'm running some sort of, like, naked puzzle basement, you know, with kids trapped inside. So I'm just like, all right, I got to keep the windows closed. It gets kind of stuffy in here when I do that. But, you know, I'll probably sleep with the windows open tonight. It's supposed to be nice out. But anyway, my final thoughts are just going to be very simple. Uh, have a purity test, people. Okay, we got to we. There's like there's like 57 people running for office. There's got to be some way to weed them out. Okay, everybody doesn't deserve a chance. You know what it's like? It's like all right, you got Superman and he's got all the powers, and then you have like one guy who shoots arrows, and one guy who has green laser beams, and one woman's got a lasso. You don't need all that. You got Superman. Let him do all the heavy lifting. Everybody else step aside. Batman, get back in the Batmobile with your batarangs. Let Superman handle this. Okay? Let's weed out all these extra people. Because a lot of these people are, unfortunately, they're one-trick ponies. You know? There's only a handful of people on that stage who deserve to be there. And everybody else, you're just wasting space. So yeah, have that purity test. If you come up there talking that centrist nonsense, well, I think we should have shut the fuck up, man. Get out of here. Have your purity test, people. Okay? But keep your purity test to policy. If somebody did something wrong in 1984, unless they killed a person, uh, don't worry about that. That was like 30-something years ago. Okay? But... Keep the purity test policy, not the people. Because if it is, then I, w- I will agree with Obama on it. It will be a circular firing squad. Yeah. And um, that's all I had. And that, sir, is quite enough. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown Podcast, featuring hit shows such as Politics. With Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies, as well as 360 degrees. Thank you and good night.